0: G'day, everybody. It's Roscoe here back for this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. And thanks once again for tuning in. I really do appreciate you listening. I really appreciate the messages of support. And for those of you that have been kind enough to leave a review over at iTunes, I really appreciate that because that's what it takes to help podcasts grow. This week's episode is really important because it focuses on strength and conditioning, not just any strength and conditioning, golf specific strength and conditioning. And it's brought to you by Oliver Yawn from Fit Golf Australia. I know Ollie because he is the strength and conditioning expert down at the golf club and he works across a number of golf courses here in Melbourne. But recently he's opened up access to his programs and to himself online. What we tried to focus on is really giving everyone an understanding of the differences between just regular strength and conditioning and why doing golf-specific strength and conditioning is very important to your game and your overall health and well-being. And there's never been a more important time to have health and well-being as part of our lives as there is now. So I appreciate, Oliver, you letting us do the podcast with you, and I appreciate you listening. I hope you get something out of listening to Ollie and articulated the importance of strength and conditioning for golf. If you want to reach out to him, I'm sure he'd be open to uh, helping you out. He's helped me out. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with Ollie. He's a great guy, but more importantly, he's got a great message and some great programs. Thanks again. I'll see you soon. Oliver Yawn from Fit Golf Australia. Welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, sir?
1: Very well. Thank you, Ross. How are
0: you? Uh, great, mate. Great, mate. What's that I can hear in the background? Is that a couple of little, uh, little friends of yours out there?
1: Yep, absolutely. We're uh, out here in uh, leafy Greensboro and we've got the beautiful uh, wildlife in the background here in the home gym. So it's a different environment, but uh, loving it.
0: Yes, mate. I can see you on the Zoom screen. We are doing this via Zoom, so we might record a little bit of video, and we might uh, use that for uh, to show the people who we are talking to, and just that uh, fantastic setup there. I think you got it together pretty quickly, but um, tell us, mate, why, why are you at home there, mate?
1: I can't remember exactly what the date was, but um, as with a lot of establishments, we had to unfortunately close the doors. So... Um, the gyms that we operate out of um, at the various clubs around Victoria naturally were deemed to be sort of relatively unsafe, so you know we closed the doors and had to sort of pivot to a bit of a online model. Thankfully, uh, one of our clubs were was so kind as to lend me some of their equipment, so I've sort of quickly uh, renovated the what was was once a pretty average little garage into a nice little. Studio where I can uh, train myself and also, obviously, you know, create some nice videos for people to enjoy and hopefully stay active during this period.
0: Mate, and well done for uh, pivoting. And there's so many stories of entrepreneurial type uh, business people that have had to pivot, shift their mindset, and just keep getting on with uh, life and doing the best fist of it. And mate, all credit to you for doing that and doing what you do really well. Now we've obviously known each other for a good while and. Um, you uh, work down at Peninsula Kingswood. You're you know, the exclusive strength and conditioning. I'm going to call you the the expert down there. Obviously, the, the only one, but uh, you're, you're my strength and conditioning go-to guy. Tell us a little bit about you know Fit Golf Australia and what it is and and what service you offer.
1: Yeah, so um, we're about five years old now, and um, we started off with one. Club, uh, the Eastern Golf Club of a Leap of Faith, when they were moving out to their brand new facility in Yering at the time. I think I got that right, roughly five years. Anyway, um, uh, that was our very first club. Myself, I was a keen golfer with a strength and conditioning background, um, among other things. and uh, you know I was looking to marry the two together, and I had some involvement with the Eastern Golf Club helping them out with their junior clinics, actually, when I was playing a little bit more. And um, we thought it was a great opportunity to sort of get something started out there, and that was really where um, it all came to life. And then, um, you know, since then we've sort of expanded and branched out into some other clubs around Victoria and more recently uh, Peninsula, which has been really exciting. So, yeah, for conditioning for goppers of all abilities. Um, so, you know, beginners through to, you know, fairly elite sort of players, uh, we do uh, group classes for um, members of golf clubs generally, but for other groups as well if, if they require it. Uh, so we do those typically in the function rooms at golf clubs. Uh, with that strength and conditioning, typically that's in clubs that have gyms, uh, but some stuff can be done uh, sort of face-to-face in more open areas or even remotely as we're learning now. Um uh, yeah, so strength condition group classes. We do some aqua classes, which we only just kicked off at Peninsula, which is a really nice way of engaging some of the older demographics at clubs that might not be coming back to clubs so often. Uh, so water-based core strength and flexibility classes. Um, so they've been really, really um, exciting. We've had good, good uptake of that. So that's quite a new concept. And also uh, we do some pre-game osteo at Royal Melbourne Golf Club but looking to do it at some other clubs as well where on a Saturday morning you can uh, rock up uh, and get a 20-minute osteo treatment so generally massage stretching and some other bits and pieces literally like you would get on the PGA Tour so that you can walk out onto that tee feeling like a pro and, and obviously enabling yourself to play at your best so that's a bit of a spectrum of, of what we do. We do some pennant training for clubs and a few other bits and pieces, uh, as well as gym design actually, which is quite enjoyable, but they don't come along every day. But um, no, it's really exciting space to be in and very lucky to be working with people that uh, share the same passion as, as I do, which is golf, who are also really keen to um, improve their bodies. So uh, very, very lucky
0: in your world of, as a strength and conditioning coach, how did that come to bear? When did you think about you know, moving and, or pivoting, pivoting into this world of golf-specific strength and conditioning coaching?
1: Yeah, so it was um, sort of in my second wave of trying to become a uh, good golfer or an even better golfer, and I had taken the strength and conditioning side of things quite seriously. I was doing some training with a program in, in Melbourne and uh, strength and conditioning was a big part of that. And, you know, I was sort of around 23 years old. I'm now 32 and sort of started to realize, uh, you know, maybe maybe trying to make it as a golfer might be a little bit unrealistic and sort of thought, well, you know, I'm very passionate about fitness and, and health and strength and conditioning. I enjoy training myself. I absolutely love golf and I can see that this is huge over in the US, but not many people are doing it here in Australia. There was a lot of stuff for high performance, uh, in particular more of the physio type, I guess, applications. uh, But not too many people servicing club golfers uh, or strength and conditioning in general here in Australia. So I just saw the opportunity and and sort of built my skill set up and uh, got it fell into it, I guess, a little bit.
0: So obviously that idea was conceived when you were, would I say, trying to play golf. And aiming for a more professional level of golfing ability, uh, golfing career or was there like a sliding doors moment where you said I'm not cut out for the golf pro scene but you know this is going to be a better way or
1: yeah look it was a little bit of a sliding doors thing uh, it was uh, there was a pretty small window where I sort of you know I was getting to the end of of the course I was involved with and um and sort of you know working out what am I going to do and I Think at the time I played around a golf with a guy up at the Heritage, and he had just mentioned that um, you know there was some government funding available for some courses, and you know that might be a great way for me to just ease my way into the industry and get a job at a gym, and um, and and he was right about that. That's sort of how it all started, and and then from there I just went about sort of building my knowledge, trying to gain some education, uh, and then you know uh, naturally trying to take advantage of some opportunities and 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 then yeah, here we are
0: and what are some of the other fun stuff that you've uh worked along I, I think there might be a little bit of a you know, an interest in music there somewhere in your career background is there not ollie
1: yeah definitely uh passionate about my my music um in a period from when I was sort of a teenager to my early twenties when I wasn't playing so much golf, I was sort of working in the corporate world and always loved music, so I did a little bit of djing there and uh Around the Melbourne club scene for a while, and a little bit back in Canberra as well, where I grew up. Um, and uh, yeah, look, that that's always been a little bit of a uh, passion of mine. So always trying to sort of stay in touch with um, the latest uh, records, if if I can say that. Um, but look, these days, sort of music is uh, kind, of, kind of fuels my workouts a little bit, and uh, and I get to sort of. Uh, put some music together for some of our classes which is I guess a nice way of channeling the, um, the inner DJ so uh, while it's the club club career isn't certainly as far from being alive there's still uh, the music in me.
0: Don't spin the decks any longer? You still got a little, little setup or anything like that?
1: I have a little mixer that I can connect that uh, you don't require records, CDs um, or even a USB <laughs> uh, it just uh, connects to my laptop and I can pretty much play all that music digitally so um, I, I, if I want to, I can still uh, have a little dabble um after a couple of fog uh, waters on a Friday night, shall we say?
0: <laughs> it's a little bit of a you know, often a tangent, but maybe maybe it's just a perception of mine, but there does seem to be quite a few young golfers that do turn their hands to trying spinning some tunes. Is that something you've noticed, or is it just that maybe my imagination?
1: I think you could probably extend it beyond golf and you could probably just say just about everyone's a DJ these days because, um, you know, the equipment's so readily available. And uh, I think uh, there's a thing called auto beat match, which sort of takes the skill away. So you don't need to have too much of a a, a good ear now to be able to mix two tracks together. So maybe that's just a uh, more broad observation of yours, I think. (laughs)
0: Maybe it's just me showing my age, mate. Maybe you know the fact that I don't know what auto beat tracks is, uh, you know, tells me that I'm not not that far advanced in my learning about spinning tunes. Anyway, we digress. You know, you and I came together uh, in a training sense there briefly. When was it August last year? I can't believe it was that long ago. And yeah, I was interested in in exploring the difference between uh, I'm going to call it research for this episode, Ollie. That's what I'm going to call it. Exploring the difference between golf specific training. And normal, you know, strength and conditioning training. And yeah, you, know, you took me through what is essentially you know, the first couple of parts of you know, your screening and your program. But just if you had to articulate to the listeners, you know, the difference between golf specific and what that means versus just normal going to the gym and getting a, a, a training session, you know, with someone who's at a gym. What does that mean?
1: Sure. Look. As a golf-specific strength and conditioning coach, I just think the um, understanding how the body works and needs to function um, is different to uh, the way someone may train in a uh, general fitness sense. So generally people will train for fat loss, muscle gain, uh, obviously uh, yeah, mental health, well-being, uh, as, uh, as well as cardiovascular fitness. So... Um, You can train for those things, but they may not necessarily help your golf. However, there will always be probably some crossover. Um, It's debatable, though, depending on what you're doing, whether it's going to be more beneficial uh, or not. Um, With the golf-specific side of things, you know, we're looking at – we're paying close attention to things like range of motion, Um, you know, is what we're doing to gain power um, going to limit – your range of motion. So, you know, we're selecting exercises that are functional, um, that won't compromise range of motion. You know, we, you know, we want golfers to be as strong as possible. We don't want to sacrifice mobility or flexibility. Um, but naturally, um, you know, when you're training properly, uh, even if it's to be a golfer, you're going to get a lot of those byproducts anyway. You might build a little bit of muscle You're going to get a lot fitter. You're probably going to feel healthier, happier, more energetic um, uh, and all of those other things. So um, there's always going to be a little bit of a crossover but understanding how the body works, uh, particularly when it comes to range of motion function, how the body moves in the golf swing biomechanically is sort of what sorts out the difference between uh, a golf-specific sort of coach versus uh or training style versus just training for muscle gain fat loss cardiovascular that kind of thing
0: now one thing i just started to think about there when you talked about range of motion and, and understanding the golf swing do you work alongside with any players and work in concert with their golf coach so to speak
1: absolutely um, that's a, a big part of what we do and and probably one of the biggest benefits of of training with someone who has those relationships with golf coaches and who understands the golf swing. It's a really important part, especially when you get to some slightly better players, but even, even the weekend warrior, is being able to have that conversation with the coach, talking about how what you're doing is going to impact their golf swing, um, good, bad, or otherwise, and and sort of being able to also justify to the golfer, particularly the better player, why what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, and how it's going to benefit you on the golf course, and how it's going to make your coach's life easier. Yeah. Um, often, th- often those conversations are driven by the coach. You know, my especially great coaches who understand the body. You know, my player. Um, can't rotate into their right hip enough in the backswing are you able to help you know that kind of thing and, and then it's you know a really constructive relationship where there's great dialogue going both ways um and and you can have a really meaningful change on their golf performance um so absolutely uh that's a critical part of what we do and we're not always lucky enough to have a player who um has a coach who has that real deep knowledge of the body or maybe even a relationship with me, but certainly at the clubs we're at, um, you know, there's a big effort from both the golf side and my side to build that relationship uh, so that we can get really outstanding outcomes for the players, Um, something where that they're just not going to be able to get in many other places if we're honest.
0: It really is like a a very in-depth and detailed approach to building your golf performance, you know, and once again, you mentioned about... uh, you know a PGA Tour level, you know pre-game osteo um, stretching and uh, you know warm up routine, and that's where my mind goes when I sit here and listen to you talking like that, and and when I'm working with players who have golf coaches. I just think about yeah, that's as close as you're going to get to, you know, working at a level that's elite in my mind.
1: Yeah, no, it's um something that we've tried to preach from the very start is that especially to members of clubs that are so privileged to have those facilities but maybe don't realise it. It's like let's, uh, let's just sit back for a second and think how lucky, lucky we are to be at a club that not only has these amazing facilities but has the service providers that are able to um, deliver an experience um, that you would probably only get on the PGA Tour or at a few other places around Australia or the world. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a really big thing and, and, and people, people get it. And, and when they go through these different programs, um, you know, you can, you can tell how uh, chuffed they feel that um, their strength coach is talking to their golf coach and, uh, and often their mental coach as well. It's pretty
0: powerful. If you're listening to this episode from some, you know, far-flung part of the world or the country or the state, you know, that doesn't have access to the types of facilities that – you know, you're talking about with that whole holistic approach to, you know, an end-to-end coaching solution. What are, the, what are the areas that define, you know, golf-specific movements? Where are the areas of the body that, you know, you see most, uh, I guess, impacted? You know, so if someone's sitting there and they haven't undertaken a strengthening con- uh, conditioning program, what are the areas that they'd be looking at to try or that you see that you need to develop and need to help people improve on?
1: Yeah. Well, look, in some of the screenings we do, it's very, very in-depth, and so I won't go into all of that detail because if you do think about the golf swing, just about every part of the body is moving, mm-hmm. right? So um, it can be pretty complicated, but putting it really, really simply, you've got to have strong legs. Um, you know, we get most of our power from the ground up, so if you think of uh, a good way to put it, if you were to throw a basketball from halfway, you know, you're, you watch how much legs a basketballer or or anyone would use to try and shoot that hoop from such a long distance. So that's one part of it. Then we get a lot of our um, power also from rotation. So um, that's rotational speed. So that comes more into um, core strength, strength of the torso, and of course, a little bit of arm speed and whatnot as well. So, and then to generate that power up, you've got to have the flexibility. So you need to be able to rotate as well, and you need to be able to hinge. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, you need to be able to bend to bend and extend fast. You need to be able to rotate fast. You need to be able to rotate a long way through the through the core, through the hip, hips, through the shoulders, um, and look. Interestingly, uh, there was a a, a test that a a group did at a a university recently um, where they showed which muscle contracts the most in the downswing phase uh, of the golf swing, so like almost through impact. And in a right-handed golfer, it was the right pec. So believe it or not, you even need to have a strong chest, so you need to have good push strength. So uh, probably a little fair bit of information there and, and the reality is not much is spared for a golfer if you were to train the way you should so yeah. it's full body uh all different planes of motion bending extending rotating pushing pulling you know we, we sort of do it all so um yeah i hope that i hope that helps a little bit um there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it put it that way
0: Oh well as as i experienced i can absolutely concur and once again you know support the benefit of you know coming and seeing a strength and conditioning coach such as yourself absolutely and you know i guess what do you do you see many examples of people that that you end up training that have trained the wrong way thinking they were training the right way for golf and they were really doing something that was counterproductive to an effective training um, program
1: Yeah, definitely. Look, you see it all the time. When you hang out in gyms, uh, even some of my clients uh, who maybe just come and see me for a program and then I don't get to see them for a couple of months, people get into bad habits, and and especially when you see someone and you know what you told them and how to do it. And then you see the evolution of that exercise based on them maybe putting the weight up too much or trying to do things in a rush. So um, you see it all the time. Juniors in particular, um, you know especially your sort of uh, early twenties you know they're always just trying to push as much as they can to try and build as much muscle as they can to look as good as they can uh, at the beach or in the mirror um, typically, your older guys they what they'll do is they'll go, and girls of course uh, I just i must have, I see it more in guys um, they will go into the gym and grab a cable and try to replicate the golf swing with a hell of a lot of weight so you know that's that's something else to be really mindful of is you don't have to copy the golf swing uh with a movement in the gym to be really helping your golf in fact it's probably going to really hurt your golf so we sort of we like to um build those muscle groups up and those movements that are really um key and foundation and then link it together to maybe some faster, more specific skill work. But it will never look like a carbon copy of the golf swing because um, you just can't replicate the way a golf club loads when you're pulling a cable from high, medium or low. So um, definitely we see it all the time, um, varying uh, varying forms of sort of incorrect movements. Um you know, look, I'm always just happy to see people in the gym uh, making an effort. That I always give them uh, the benefit of the doubt. And then from there, you know, hopefully we can help them uh, get back on track.
0: Now, you mentioned screening and the screening process for you to you know, get a, a holistic understanding of the requirements of your clients and building a specific program around them. What, what is the screening process? you Are you a, you're a TPR guy? And no, without yeah, going so, through this, this step by step, but I guess what I was yeah. going to do is talk to me about TPI because there's, you know, I, I see that pop up, uh, I saw it on Instagram the other day, there was a, there's a couple of courses coming up and they were sort of selling positions on courses online and all that sort of thing as, as everyone's pivoting, you know, they're going to an online model as well, but yeah. you know, what's TPI?
1: Yeah, so TPI is the Titleist Performance Institute. Um, Essentially, uh, they're a group over in Oceanside, California, um, that uh, pretty much provide end-to-end golf performance um, solutions for players, but I think their bread and butter is more in the education space. So they train um, golf professionals, uh, fitness professionals, medical professionals. Uh, and everything in between, how to understand what they call the body swing connection. So um, they're very good at helping, uh, you know, the various professionals speak the same language, which is what we spoke about earlier. Um, so there's a lot of us out there that um, I'm sure are, you know, pretty grateful to them for sort of putting their systems in place that have, that have helped, you know particularly where you might have a golf coach uh, and a strength and conditioning coach where maybe the strength and conditioning coach wants to get into the golf stuff, never really played golf, but is the only person available to the, um, to the golf coach in the area and they can skill themselves up overnight and have, have a pretty good understanding. So they've been great um, in that regard. So you know we certainly use some of their screening tools. I think with TPI and as with a lot of these courses, it's sort of one tool in the toolbox of many different assessment tools, mm. uh, but they certainly are very good and, and, and particularly for um, identifying sort of range of motion, or physical limitations as they call it, um, you know, they're, they're great. And so, you know, we utilize a lot of their stuff, you know, on a daily basis and, um, and yes, yeah, just a nice, uh, nice clear way to sort of help, uh, you know, read someone's body and not too long. Uh, of a time period to be able to, you know, get them going in the right direction pretty quickly.
0: Now you mentioned before, and thanks for that explanation. That it, it, so it's not really, one of, I guess the other thing is it's not really appropriate that anyone could just go out and do one of these TPI courses and then think that they're going to learn how to, you know, be able to screen themselves. It really really should go hand in hand with someone who's a, a trained professional in Yeah, a golf-related discipline or a strength and conditioning-related discipline. I guess that's what my my thoughts are. Yeah,
1: definitely. Look, the more inputs you can have into your life toolkit, I guess, or your your skill library, um, the better. You know. So um, yeah, look, if you've got golf knowledge, education, TPI. you know, even understanding biomechanics as a strength and conditioning coach, you know, the biomechanics of the golf swing is very important. Um, even, even understanding the numbers on track man. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times where uh, having a conversation with a coach about how a movement in the body translates uh, to impact conditions and spin axis. You know, so if, you don't, if you've never heard those terms and you don't understand that, it can make it a little harder to speak the language to the coach. And also, you want to get that buy-in from your um, from your client, so that they, you know, really believe that you understand what you're talking about, and um, you know, it, it, all of those things are important. So, uh, but look, they people I do a great job, and you know, I think ultimately what we're all trying to do is um, spread the importance of having a good body and how that can help your golf and uh, you know your health in general, and and you know. By educating people, uh, they're only helping the golf community become more healthy. And um, you and I both being passionate golfers know that can only be a good thing for the industry.
0: Mm. Now, you just made me think of something else there. So you talk about track man. Have you ever been in, in, in a situation there when you've been working with one of your, you know, let's say, elite players or better players with their coach talking about a situation like that and, and you've had to intervene and go, hey, I reckon I know – I reckon I can help that. I reckon I can fix that. If we just, you know, why don't we try this? Yeah, it might have been a stretch or something. Has that has that happened? That's, I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm wondering. No, that's okay. If an, yeah, look, is, definitely. Is, is often
1: any, it? it's often it's um it's happened uh, in a scenario where the golf coach is trying to get their player to feel something, um, but it might not be working. And and I know through uh, some of the exercises that you know we have in our you know, library if you want to call it that, um, that we might be able to put something under their right foot like a band under load knowing that if they turn inst- without you know that band slipping so they're having to put pressure into their right foot that it's going to produce this outcome physically, biomechanically which is then going to result in whatever it might be that they were trying to achieve. So definitely that happens. Um, it's always important though to remember your place in the pecking order. Uh, So, you know, uh, I don't like to really um, step on the golf coach's toes too much, um, you know, when it comes to the golf swing. But there's definitely, uh, you know, been a multitude of occasions where having that knowledge is really, really valuable. And, and, you know, when when you're called on to give that advice, it's nice to be able to give it. And when you see a good result, um, you know, it's even better.
0: Yeah. Hey, mate. Obviously, as we discussed right at the start, you've pivoted, you're at home, you've got your home set up there, you've been doing some uh, programs with some of your contracted uh, clients uh, via Zoom and and whatever other uh, way that we connect. For those of us that don't get access to someone like yourself, do you have or can you I guess give the listeners some sort of advice around what might be appropriate to do at home with that obviously recognising that it's general advice and it's not specific advice and, you know, it's just what would someone look at to have if they wanted to use this time most effectively to build some, a, better, a better level of golf fitness?
1: Yeah, well, look, you know, there's plenty you can do without much equipment. Yep. That's the reality, especially when it, when it comes to restoring function. You know, you might not be able to load, uh, you know, your joints and your muscles to the extent where you might get some real serious strength gains. But it's a good opportunity to focus on maybe stretching a bit more, a bit of mobility work. um, You know, perhaps doing some very light movements, focusing on switching on certain muscle groups. uh, You know, getting those firing patterns working because often we can produce a movement, but we might be uh, you know, using other muscles to assist it, which you know can either lead to uh, incorrect uh, per- uh, performing of that movement or potentially injury. So, it is a bit of an opportunity to reset for those who don't have much equipment. You know, even some basic equipment, if you had access to it, like you know some resistance bands or something like that, would go a really, really long way. Uh, But again, if you had nothing, you know, there's still plenty you can do to restore some of that function. So like I said, flexibility and activation, um, balance. Balance is something that you really don't need, you know, much for at all. So working on some single leg movements, uh, you know, doing some stuff with your eyes closed, you know, coordination, tennis ball up against the wall, all those different things that you can do just to restore a bit of function. it's really easy to do with no equipment, and, and then obviously from there, starting to add bit, little bits of equipment, you can layer even more exercises on top of that.
0: And are you available, or are your, you know, any of your team available? If someone said, you know what, I like the sound of this young uh, man, he's going to put some good music on, I'm going to do some training with him via Zoom. Can they contact? Are you available for that sort of service, or is that is that where you're at? For individuals? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we kicked that off uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, we're running some regular classes, which is pretty unique. We've never had unlimited capacity. Yeah. <laughs> but in theory in theory with Zoom, I could fit 50 people in this very small garage that I'm in right now. But, um, you know, so not that we would do that because obviously we want to still be able to supervise people and keep the quality of the session. But it is a unique situation where you could tune in from anywhere in the world um and and do a session with us so um that's kind of exciting so we're just exploring ways of potentially getting that out to people because we've never had really well we could have but we'd probably been preoccupied with face-to-face stuff um and you know now it's sort of opening our eyes to the possibilities of being able to reach anywhere in the world so we're doing our classes remotely which is cool and i'm also doing um one-to-one stuff where you know, we do assessments and then we pre- prescribe uh, exercise based on whatever equipment you can find, you know, it might be a couple of cans of tuna or you might have a fully decked out gym, whatever it is, um, you know, where uh, we're sort of you know, changing to that online model for now uh, to sort of be able to service those requirements. So uh, very interesting. And, and you know, we sort of learnt uh, the hard way with some of the technology, but you know, everything seems to be working pretty well now and, um, yeah, we're quite satisfied that we're able to, you know, service people's needs um, through things like Zoom and other remote kind of technologies.
0: So you still are able to get pretty much a full screening. We can do that. We can...
1: Definitely a full screening. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Like I said, not quite the full benefit of a, you know, Face fully equipped yep. gym necessarily. Yep. Um, but, you know, look, we're also, we are... I'll, I'll be honest. We're under no illusions that the quality of the session isn't quite good as being there face to face. Yeah, you know, so we've um, we've significantly dropped our pricing um, to reflect that, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that's only fair. Right now, people need. be doing stuff and and, you know a lot of people have a fair bit of uncertainty financially so you know we sort of thought well the more people we can reach the better you know so we sort of thought that was only a fair thing to do for a few different reasons
0: now if anyone is listening and you know you're australian based you probably if if oliver yawn's name is familiar to you there's a good chance that you've read his regular article in golf digest magazine how did that come about ollie with uh, golf digest
1: yeah um We had spoken briefly a long time ago back when Eastern opened um, just about doing a bit of a feature on some things that clubs can be doing um, to sort of, uh, well, I guess the new facility and things that clubs could be doing to help their members. Um, And then there was a bit of a a, a break and we sort of touched base with them more recently, um, you know, just about some ideas that they had And, yeah, we sort of brought it to life uh, I think about nine months ago now and and we're doing a monthly issue with them uh, on all different things um, to do with, uh, I guess, golf and fitness and strength and conditioning. Uh, So, no, it's been really, really good. So, yeah, I guess it uh, it was a bit of a mutual thing more recently and we reached out to them much earlier in the piece and they've been uh, great. It's been nice to get that reach and uh, when we started uh, working with them, we sort of knew that uh, we were going to have a bit of uh, interest from people all around Australia. So we started to plant the remote coaching seed into our processes. So it sort of made uh, the switch a little bit easier when we came into this current period. But um, no, we are we very lucky to be able to uh, contribute and reach golfers all around Australia. Um and have a bit of an impact and you know we do get inquiries from people in some pretty far out places all around the country uh sort of asking for our help and and that's certainly thanks to the reach of the magazine so yeah absolutely love it and it's nice to just um you know sit down you know periodically and and reflect on the industry you know my industry the golf industry both and you know put put down uh put down some 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 thoughts whether it be exercise or even just some observations about what's happening around the
0: place i love reading your articles and um it's a it's a great skill to be able to write you know what are they you're you're churning out a few thousand words there yeah
1: i actually don't count the word i uh i basically i my rule is i try to get my point across and make it as short as possible and generally uh i won't be able to keep it to less than a page so um they seem to be happy with that so I guess
0: uh, I guess it, it is what it is. <laughs> now, mate, I'm going to start to use myself as a little bit of an example, and you know, you're you're someone like me that's come down, invested in the time, learnt the program, had the screening, you know, learnt the moves, implemented for a period of time, and then you know, through, let's just call it excuses, but for whatever reason, you know, let their training regime go. You must come up against that well not come up against it, but you must see people like that frequently.
1: What Absolutely.
0: What what do you say to someone like me or someone out there that's listening that might have been down that training route that's, you know, let it slip? You know, is there any anything that we can do that just helps keep that habit and I guess it's only, it's only habit. I think for me personally, it's a habit. Once I get into a habit, I get a little bit sort of maniacal about my habits and, and I will continue those. But I know mm. that once I let a habit slip that you know, I take a while to get back into it. And that's the gap that sometimes can be two weeks. It can be two months. It can sometimes, depending on, on the habit or the skill or, or what I'm working on, it can be two years. How do you, mm. Have you got any strategies or tools or tips around that?
1: Yeah, look, routine is everything. So that's the first thing to remember. But if I go back a step, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, pe- people like yourself, now I know you're probably going to have a tilt at the seniors tour at some point because you're, <laughs> you're a gun. Um, but, you know, if at that point in your life, you know, maybe um, you know, you're happy and you're just trying to improve your golf, you know, as we all are every day. Um, but at some point, health and health has got to come into it, right? And so... You know, it does depend on where the person's at. You know, if, if Obviously, the conversation's going to be different for an 18-year-old who wants to go to Q school next year. It's going to be much more about their performance. But uh, And it was good that you mentioned the Golf Digest thing because one of our articles recently was on the importance of resistance training. Um, for It was actually for baby baby boomers. Um, I think our tagline is putting the boom back in the baby. So you know, obviously, trying to highlight the fact that you're going to hit it a lot further um if your body's functioning well if you're flexible strong and all that kind of stuff so there's that side of it so if we're talking golf you know obviously people want to perform right you're going to spend all that money on those clubs um you're going to spend all that money on those lessons and you're going to forget one of the most important ingredients um which is you know the thing that's swinging the club you know so is distance important is consistency important is your score important but then if we flip it to the other side of the coin which I think without your health, you've got nothing. So what's the point in worrying about golf? So you know the conversation I have before we get into the strategies is um, you know highlighting all of those things that are really important. And everyone's different, but you know things like um, you know resistance training helps uh, your bone density. It helps reduce. It helps increase uh, muscle mass, which helps speed up your metabolism, which helps. Uh, burn calories when you're resting. So you don't even have to do your cardio. You actually burn fat when you sleep. Um, you know, all of these uh, all of these different health benefits that people are so quick to overlook, not to mention the injury prevention stuff. You know, you're like me. You spend a lot of time in the car. Um, you know, you're going to the city and back, uh, you know, every day I'm driving from, you know, north to south to east to west. Um you sit in the car, your back gets tight, your glutes get weak, your hip flexors get tight, your body stops functioning the way it was meant to function. You know, we were meant to be moving around and squatting and doing stuff. All you got to do is have a look at a baby squat. You know, that's what we're meant to be able to do. Um, so sitting in the car all of the time can, you know, do all of those things which, you know, then when you go out and swing a club on the first tee or you go to pick up that, you know, heavy thing in the backyard when you're doing some manual labour, whatever it is, you're really increasing your risk of injury. So do you want to be stuck on the couch for a week not being able to hit a golf ball or, um, you know, whatever it might be? You know, our health is everything, you know, without a health. And we've seen that, you know, now people, people are freaking out everywhere about health, right? So, um, you know, let's, let's not forget it. And if someone's had an injury, let's try and remember what it was like when we had that injury. know what was it that why why was it so important for you to get up and 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 decide today i'm going to do something so let's go back to those reasons you know are you chasing you know a five or a ten year old around the house don't you want to keep doing that forever you know do you really want to have a heart attack be injured not be able to get up off the couch all of those different things um you know that are probably more important than golf so First of all, it's obviously going back to the reasons why we do things like that. And then we talk about the how. So, you know, setting up routines. And, you know, look, me personally, uh, I'm a big believer that if I don't do it first thing in the morning, being busy means that a lot of other things could get in the way. So, uh, mornings are definitely a strategy, getting things done early, but some people aren't morning people. So then it's about, well, how do we set you up with a fail safe routine? that you're going to be able to do so a lot of the time it might be about setting up smaller routines because generally the biggest excuse is time i'm too busy so if that's the excuse well let's remove that barrier i'm going to give you a 10 minute program and i just want you to do it every day or five you know one to Friday, whatever it is uh once you remove that barrier then you start to create the good habit i'm sure jamie glazier who i know you work with a lot probably talks a lot about habit change and whatnot you know changing the habit and the behavior is really what it's all about so let's start small and let's make it something that you can actually achieve let's make it attainable and then from there we start to build on it right once it becomes a habit so i guess that's a little bit of the you know the why and the how and, and, and those are some of the things we do uh, without going into too much detail but it is all about routine it's all about understanding yourself and understanding what's important to you and then ultimately, you've got to get up and do it. I can't do it for you. And that's that's really what it comes down to. So at some point, the, fl- the switch has got to flip.
0: Right. I think that's gold. I think if anyone is, you know, that does give us the time to tune into the, the My Love of Golf podcast and listen, or they're at that stage where they do want to make that change or do want to make an extra bit of um, progress towards being a better physical specimen, a better golfer, a better mental, uh, in a better mental mind space. I think they just have to listen to that part of the podcast and I think there's enough motivation there to realise that, you know, it's totally achievable and, as you say, it's just, you know, you can get the the training, get the skills, get the skill acquisition, get a professional to do it and to help you, but the rest comes down to to you and I think in concert, you know, both program, consultative approach with a, a, a qualified strength and conditioning coach, that has to have an impact on the mind that helps then build these routines and builds the desire to be in that more rudeness and habit-focused behaviour mode. So, um, yeah, that was gold, mate. That was gold. Really good. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Pal, what else have we uh, – is there anything else that we need to cover from your end?
1: One, one thing I was going to add to that last comment was really I was just going to say uh, for those of you out there listening to this who have maybe had a couple of goes at, at – at, um, at, you know, getting fitter, getting healthier, getting their body right. You know, um, it's absolutely never too late. That's that's definitely one thing that you know is 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 a bit of a thing that creeps into people's minds. Is you know, uh, I failed before, I'm just going to fail again. Or you know, I got to that level, I was I was pretty good, and now I'm as bad, if not worse. I'm not sure I'm prepared to do the work to get back there. But I've seen a lot of pe- people um, try. One, two, three, four, five times, and they only get it right the sixth time. But when they get it right, it completely changes their life. Um, I can think of someone in particular who's in the golf industry, and uh, and it's life changing. And so, all I say to everyone out there is, if, if you are in that position where you're you feel like you keep trying but you just can't get it right, just don't give up. You know, definitely get the seek the uh, help of an expert. Um, that will absolutely help. It'll make the process more efficient but the the priority is continue to have a go and 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 if you and if you do and you persist eventually you'll get there and uh you know every every aspect of your life will thank you for it
0: that's a great bit of advice and, a, and i think probably a great way to, just to you know wrap up what we've been talking about what we've spoken about we've learned a little bit about you we know that uh you know you're affected in the golf industry as a lot of us are affected in the golf industry, you've made a great change. You've got a little home set up there, doing some online. If we do want to reach out to you, if, if someone listens and they do want to connect with you and reach out, how do they get hold of you, buddy?
1: Contact me. You can. I'll give you my email directly. That's oliver at fitgolf.com.au. You can head over to the website, fitgolf.com.au, or as we're all so familiar these days, social media. Facebook is fitgolf.com forward slash oz and Instagram at FitGolfAus, and that's A-U-S. Reach out at any time. I'm more than happy to help uh, in any way, even if you've just got a few questions.
0: Beautiful, mate. Really do appreciate uh, you coming on and giving us this time. It's been you know, a positive time for me in a challenging situation to be able to connect and reach out to guys like yourself, and and have a little bit more time to chat. As as we discussed before, you know, we've probably been talking about this for a good couple of months, but uh, you know, we've got a little bit of time now to do this. There's been some other people that I've reached out to and, and we've connected, so it's a it's a, been a positive time. I know from a, a golf industry perspective that the upside of this time is. For me, full of opportunity, full of opportunity to play better golf. Okay, it's going to look a bit different. Full of opportunity to, you know, focus on some health and fitness uh, opportunities. And the industry as we know it, as you make a living out of it and as I do, I think is going to look different, but it's going to be healthy for us, for us both. And, you know, that relies on people playing golf. And I think this time away from golf has proven that, there's a huge desire out there for people to want to do and consume a lot of golf. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a really um, challenging time. Yes, but a very positive time. And the upside is different, but it's going to be uh, still full of plenty of golf opportunity and opportunity to improve, improve using someone like yourself, mate. So appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me after uh, all these months. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: And it might just be the, the inspiration and motivation I need to, um, you know, take stock and, you know, maybe try that third, fourth or fifth time. I, I don't know what time it is, but uh, I just need to, to re-engage. And, yeah, so this has been the moment for me. Oliver, you can hold me to account. Good. But, uh, yeah.
1: I'm excited. Looking forward to getting to work.
0: Thank you, mate. Thanks again for enjo- uh, joining us on the My Love of Golf podcast to everyone. If you've enjoyed the episode, please jump on to iTunes. That seems to be the best place to go and leave a, a rating or a review. What that does is let me know that you've enjoyed the podcast, you've enjoyed what we're doing. Leave me a message, leave Rocket a message, leave Jamie a message, leave Ollie a message. Leave your mate a message. Tell them that you like the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, we come together. Thank you for listening.